Welcome back to another episode of Chatting Cinema. I'm Gianni. I'm Flynn. And I'm Luke. And boy, is it nice to say this again. It's been a while. It's been a while. So some housekeeping. First off, obviously, we've Mm -hmm. been not uploading. Um, Huge pandemic. Kicked out of school. (laughs) Um, This, that, and the other. Yeah. Whatever you can think of, it happened. And and that's how we came to here. And um, we're back. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're back. It's good to be back. It is. It is. Um, nothing is set in stone. We probably won't be uploading weekly, but we will be uploading and recording when we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some other avenues now that we're trying to explore. So, yeah. Uh, we have a blog. Yeah. Um, anyone want to tee that off? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So super excited about uh, about the blog. Um it's chattingcinema.wordpress.com. Super easy to remember. Um, and yeah, we, we explored that because as Gianni was saying, you know, the, the upload schedule has been very interrupted and will probably be continue to be interrupted. Um, aren't going to have too solid uh, a recording and releasing schedule like we used to. Um, so we thought the blog was a great way to kind of offset that and try to make sure that we keep putting out content that you guys can engage with um, for film related, either reviews or, you know, discussions, essays, editorials, what have you Um, anything that goes good in a written format so that uh, we're still like communicating, getting our thoughts out there on, uh, on different stuff. So um, there's a tenant review up there that, that, I wrote. Um, so that's one of the ways we're trying to, uh, you know, be more active, especially because we're not able to record as often. And I figure I'll pass it on to Luke to talk about how we've been more active on the social media game, especially on Twitter. Yeah. So uh, Twitter is a fun place, as you all hopefully know. It's a, it's a great place to laugh, get news, memes, all that good stuff. So we figured kind of along with not being able to record as much, this way, the three of us, we're all logged into it. So you never know which one of us is talking. I mean, maybe we'll throw like a letter at the end so they know if we're actually yeah. <laughs> talking. But yeah, so on Twitter, we just try to talk to more people about movies in general. But I think our main goal with that is really to grow our audience. So if you're watching this right now, you can follow us at Chatting Cinema on Twitter. And then if you are on Twitter right now, we're going to tweet the link to this. Uh, hopefully you click on this and you're watching because we've been interacting with some new people on there that I don't even think they know we have a podcast. Yeah. I just think they were called chatting cinema. Yeah. But yeah, so hopefully kind of along with the blog, it'll be like a new way to bring in people because we just want to create a community of people who love movies, TV shows, and just talk about it in positive ways. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, this time off has given us uh, a lot of time to reflect on the format and the content that we put out. So mm-hmm. We're trying, I think, to kind of broaden the horizons, uh, appeal to a larger base of people, and hopefully um, through you know news editorials like Flynn mentioned with the blog and through creating a more active Twitter base, uh, Twitter following, um, hopefully we accomplish that. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah Speaking sure. of Twitter, I'm going to take a picture of us right now. So smile, voice. <laughs> so I'm going to – oh, that was so blurry. I'm going to retake <laughs> it. I'm going to tweet it. If you like the tweet, we'll follow you back, dog. So smile. <laughs> All right, that worked. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Nice. Social media moment. 
<laughs> so for our first episode back, uh, in keeping and in thinking of the great Christopher Nolan, who has his newest movie, Tenet, out right now, uh, in theaters, which are open, at least yes. in the United States, surprisingly, um, we thought we'd give our top three, our favorite of his three films, each individually. Hopefully, we each have different lists. I'm sure we will. I, myself, I think I have a pretty hot take on this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll list the movies. We'll talk about them. Maybe talk about why we have them in that order, why we picked them. And uh, really, we're just going to be kind of appreciating Christopher Nolan here today. So Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Christopher uh, Nolan, we love you a lot. <laughs> please watch our podcast. <laughs> that would be so cool. If no one got be. me, I know Christopher Nolan got me. Does anyone want to go first? I mean, um, I'll kick it off. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Are we, are we going to do like all three of them or are we going to do like – all of us say our three, then our two, then our one. Hmm. That's a good question. When we no, did Spider-Man, good. we all kind of did like the, I said my three, you guys said yours. You yeah. Know? Let's do our three. All okay. three. Yeah. All right. So my number three is a little old number that came out in 2014 about space. <laughs> it's called Interstellar. All right. Um, when I watched that movie, it's like, you, you know, there's just movies where you're like, oh my god these things are magical like i just i felt the movie magic the love when i saw interstellar from the han zimmer score that all right all right all right excellent performance <laughs> from my man's matthew mcconaughey i just feel like that that movie it's like when i think of movies when i think of movie experiences i remember i watched that on a projector with a sound bar behind us at my mm-hmm. friend's house so it was like a theater because i missed it in theaters and it was like, whoa, like this is, this is exciting. This is yeah. fun. And it was definitely much like a lot of Nolan movies, one that you appreciate every time you watch it more. Cause like that story though. I mean, every yeah. time I see it, I'm like, oh, I missed that. I missed that. I need to see that part again. You know? Good pick. Number two. Nolan classic. Uh, oh, so I'm going again. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't realize we, I thought we were going to all go around. Um, okay. So my number two is Tenet uh slit <laughs> yeah you can, flynn stole the words right out of my mouth on his review on his blog post go read it um but that movie oh my god it might be just because it was like fun to be back in a movie theater for the first time again mm-hmm. but like oh my i love that movie there's so much yeah. to it i can't wait to see it again like i just said about interstellar over and over it's like the more you watch it the more you appreciate it and i think tenant is probably right up that alley so i don't want to say too much about it because that one's new like kind of let let people see it first i think i froze yep (laughs) you sound like a techno song (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh no (laughs) see this is the problem with having awful internet connection when you try to be a podcaster yeah. So basically what I said about Tenet was, I don't want to say too much because it's so new. I hope you watch yeah. it. It's awesome. Fair. Right. And then uh, my number one, I feel like it's so basic, but it's just one of my all-time favorite movies is The Dark Knight. Yeah. just never get tired of it. I've watched it a hundred times. It's so good. And uh, I, I don't know what else there is to be said about that movie. I think it's right. perfect, if not near perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, think I'll, I think I'll follow up Luke's list because my list is – relatively similar um so i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw an honorable mention to uh to inception before i get into my top three because 
I was, I had a very difficult time choosing between Inception and my number three choice. Um, I just rewatched it a couple of days ago. And uh, I think that movie's fantastic. Like it's such a, it's such a fun blockbustery movie. Um, and I think this is something that like Christopher Nolan has perfected over the years uh, with a lot of his, his big new releases is just like that, that blockbuster that still feels like, you know, like deep tissue cinema. Like it's, it's smart and uh, it's not, I wouldn't say like as challenging as some of his other movies, um, but it's definitely in that vein of, of being, I think, really smart. But I think Inception is really accessible too, where uh, you don't have to see it a couple times with some of the other movies I'll mention on my list to kind of like feel like you know what's getting on. And I think that's a strength Inception has. Um, so I'm sorry that I made it seem like I had a top four, but like I said, it was, th- th- that'll be my three B because I had such a hard time choosing between this and what ultimately ended up being my number three choice, which was Memento. Um, so Memento, Guy Pierce, Carrie Ann Moss, uh, Joe Pantoliano is, uh, is a crime thriller kind of told in reverse. Um, so the main character deals with uh, some memory loss and has to kind of use Polaroid photos and tattoos uh, to piece together this crime of, uh, of who killed his wife. And with a lot of Christopher Nolan movies, you can't go too much into the plot because I don't want to spoil it. And I feel like Memento, even though it's a little bit older, is, uh, is one that a lot of people still haven't seen because um, it was before- I'm one of them. Yeah, it was before like the Dark Knight trilogy and Christopher Nolan kind of like blew up and became this like $200 million budget filmmaker. Um, but it's it's so worth watching. I think the plot's so good. Um, and yeah, it's, it's in that vein, like it's a noir like detective movie. Um, Guy Pierce is really good in it. Uh, and I just have a lot of fun watching it every time. And like I said, th- that's one of those movies where um, you kind of get to the end realize what's going on and you're like okay i, I want to go rewatch this and and kind of get a little deeper into it um so memento ultimately took the number three choice for me um so my number two uh like luke's was tenant so you may think like this is reactionary and recency bias and maybe it is i don't know but watching it the first time around i by the time the credits rolled I felt like I had liked it more than Inception, more than Memento, more than, you know, uh, Interstellar. So now we're going to get into, like, you're going to be able to guess my number one. Um, (laughs) Spoilers! But yeah, more than some of the more recent Christopher Nolan movies. I liked it more than Interstellar. I liked it more than, uh, you know, Dunkirk. So, you know, I just had a really good time watching it the, the first time through. And I've actually seen it now three times. Um, so you can tell how desperate I was to get back to the movie theater, um, cause I've gone on three separate occasions to watch Tenet. Um, but it was like Luke saying, um, with Interstellar and with Tenet, how every time you watch it, it's something new. Uh, I remember the first time I watched it, I was so focused on trying to understand the mechanics of how time works in the movie. Cause it, you know, Christopher Nolan does a good job, but still wants it to be a little vague um so it's not super clear and you do kind of have to like work at understanding it and i know that's something that some people didn't like about the movie um i'll give a shout out to uh our boy scott movie mance 
Um, he did a, a similar video. Uh, he has a series on his personal YouTube channel called Rank and File, where he uh, he ranks different movies. He did one on Quentin Tarantino, and with the release on Tenet, he did uh, he did one on Christopher Nolan. And Tenet was was pretty low on his list, which I was surprised by. But that's one of these things with Christopher Nolan. He's such a good filmmaker that all his movies are good. So you might have some personal differences with people because it's like little things are giving the edge to certain movies and they're probably going to end up being personal things. So yeah, shout out to, uh, to Scott Mance, watch his contact. He's a, he's such a, a positive person. And, uh, you know, I really adore the way he does things and he's so knowledgeable about film. Um, so I won't spoil his list for you, but I will just say that I was surprised where he put Tenet. Um, but yeah, so come on our podcast. first time around, yeah, <laughs> we'll see Scott Mance, come on down. Um, but first time around was super focused on the time mechanics. So the second time I watched it, I felt like I was able to understand the, the main plot line a little bit more. And that kind of allowed for my third time watching for everything to kind of coalesce and uh, become just like really perfect for what I was looking for, for that movie. So like, as a lot of people have said, this is kind of Christopher Nolan's James Bond movie. Um, but this is probably as close as we'll get because Christopher Nolan wouldn't be allowed to make a James Bond movie as weird as he would like to. Uh, so this is, this is what we're going to get. And it's, I mean, it's fantastic as that John David Washington's uh, character is just so good as that suave kind of spy infiltrating, figuring things out as he goes along. Robert Pattinson. Last one. For is <laughs> fantastic review that's brana most surprising performance for me did i freeze a little bit you froze a little bit but we got the snippets Just a we little. Got <laughs> <laughs> remember everybody listening did i freeze a little watching. bit you froze a little bit in there this is a zoom okay. podcast we still can't we, it's not even our studio anymore, so... <laughs> Plus, the, the Zoom servers must be just overloaded, you know? <laughs> yeah. Zoom stonks are rising. Yeah. Oh, Flynn, oh. Flynn will be back shortly. Okay. Oh, there he is. I'm He's back. Here. Oh, there he is. Yeah. I'm back. Thanks for bearing so this with is, the technical part of the reason you get to a re <laughs> regular upload schedule. So I don't know where I cut out there. You are talking um, about Robert Pattinson, how great Kenneth yeah. Branagh was. Okay. Okay, cool. So yeah, so uh, all I was going to say is Kenneth Branagh was the most surprising performance in the movie for me. Um, he is so threatening as the, the villain, Sater. Um, and I think that he plays the kind of um, abusive, uh, really like slimy character really, really well. Better than I was expecting because I personally never seen Kenneth Branagh in something where he played that type of character. Um, so he's fantastic. And then Elizabeth Debicki is also perfect in this movie. Um, so yeah, Tenet's my number two. Like I said, might think it's recency bias. Uh, maybe it is, but watching it, I just, it, everything really worked for me. And uh, I know it hasn't worked for, for some people and that's fine, but I was, I was really happy with it. And then number one is also The Dark Knight. Sorry to bore <laughs> everybody, but The Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so let me just say a few words on it because I, I love this movie. I, I think it's, I, I do think it's a perfect movie. Um, I think that Heath Ledger's Joker, um, and I don't know if I've ever said this before on the podcast, I think it's the best performance ever put to film, like honestly. And I don't know if that's a, 
Like, I'm sure that's a mainstream opinion. I'm not breaking new ground by saying Heath Ledger is very good in The Dark Knight. But his performance is just so blow you away every single time. Um, and I, I think that that's what elevates uh, this movie to be the best that, that Nolan's ever made. Because I like, I like all of his Batman movies. Um, but that, you know, Heath is the difference maker here. Because um, Christian Bale is as great as he is. He plays a good Bruce Wayne. He plays a good Batman. Uh, Michael Caine is, is perfect for Alfred. I mean, how can you go wrong, right? Um, Aaron Eckhart, sometimes his performance as Two-Face is a little undersung because of the fact that Heath Ledger is just perfection put to film as the Joker. Um, but Aaron Eckhart is so, so good in this movie um, as Harvey Dent and then eventually as Two-Face. Sorry for the spoilers from the movie from 2008. But that's the, that's, this is like the one Christopher Nolan movie, I guess the Dark Knight trilogy, where I'm not like, I don't, I don't care about spoilers because everybody's seen these movies pretty much. Um, it's interesting you brought up Aaron Eckhart, though, because as much as I love Heath Ledger and how amazing he is, like, think about how impactful the Harvey Dent scenes are. Oh, yeah. Like, and the quotes from him. Like, and I love the fact that he's only two-faced for, like, the last, like, 20 minutes. Like, I really enjoy the fact that we got a full movie of Harvey Dent. Yeah, his plot line, his plot line's so, so good. Um, He's just, he's phenomenal. Everybody in that movie's phenomenal. I think the pacing's great. Um, Obviously, the score is fantastic. Uh, that was something I forgot to mention with Tenet too. Ludwig Gordonson's score is awesome. It is so so good. He is like the next big thing in movie music, man. He's he's so good. Um, but he has not missed yet. No, no. <laughs> he just doesn't miss at all. But yeah, Dark Knight again. Like there, it's it's hard. It's hard to to talk about this movie because it feels like like Luke said, everything's been said about it. But you know. I think that sometimes people lose sight of that because everybody talks about it. They're like, all right, it can't be, it can't be that good. It can't hold up that well. And it just is like, every time you watch it, it's just it like, yeah. Every time you watch no it, it's just like, oh yeah, this is, this is still. It's like the definition. I've seen this meme so many times on movie Twitter where it's like, what's that one movie where if you see it on TV, doesn't matter what part yeah. it's in, you'll just stop yeah. and watch it. Yeah. Like, I'll even see it. It'll be like an hour in and I'll just go and get my DVD and restart it and watch right. it in the beginning. It's still, it's still the best superhero movie in my opinion. Um, it's, it's just really, really good. Chris Nolan really outdid himself there. So that is my, my three to one memento tenant. And then the dark Knight with a special shout out to inception. <laughs> I'm so wow. ready for Gianni's hot takes. Oh boy, here come the hot takes. I'm going to say two out of these three probably fall very low on people's Nolan's list. Okay. Um, at least that's what I think. Mm. Um, but let's get right into it. My number three is a movie, part of the Dark Knight trilogy, that is not the Dark Knight, that I think evaluates and builds on one of the best themes of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, and that's Batman as a symbol. And it's The Dark Knight Rises. I think that movie looks at Batman as the symbol, not just like, not Bruce Wayne. You know, it's not about who's under the mask. It's about, mm. it's about what you do with the mask. And, and I think The Dark Knight Rises really interrogates that so well. And this might be because I have a, a strong bias towards Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But <laughs> I, love, I love his character, Blake, in that movie. And I, I think that, you know, kind of, 
naturally passing the mantle on to, to him was really well done. And to have to follow something as monumental as the Dark Knight is like no small feat, especially mm-hmm. when you lose Heath Ledger as tragically as you do. Mm-hmm. And I think Nolan ended his trilogy in a way that was really fitting. And again, one that I think really, really gets to the core of Batman, the Batman, you know? And um, I every time I rewatch it, the whole trilogy is amazing. But when I get to The Dark Knight Rises, it just feels like such a satisfying ending, especially for the stories of all those characters. You have this like really broken down Bruce Wayne, and he's literally lost everything. And uh, he's able to kind of rise out of that pit. Um, Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. I think that is like mm. impeccable casting. Yeah. And I just, and then of course, Tom Hardy as Bane. People knock him for not being able to hear him under the mask, but I mean, he kills hey, it. He's menacing. He mask. At least he, he wore a mask. He was way ahead of his time. <laughs> Little did we know. But <laughs> God, I mean, and, and then of course it's like it's like Nolan's big action set piece movie too of that trilogy. Mm-hmm. You have like full on wars in Gotham, and it's yeah, beautiful the to watch. Stadium scene. <laughs> oh, my oh my God! God. Yeah. In IMAX, like oh, that was anyway. I love The Dark Knight Rises, and I'll defend it to my dying day. <laughs> um, number two for me, maybe less controversial, uh, Inception. Mm-hmm. Flynn, I think, hit on all the right notes, uh, notes that I was going to probably hit on too. I think Inception is like this very accessible blockbuster film from a director and a writer who makes very complex movies with very unique ideas. Um, and the cast, Joseph Gordon-Levitt again shows yeah, up. Yeah. The cast is so good. And like people who were lesser known at the time, like Ellen Page, right. and like Tom Hardy, they play such good roles. And I know it gets a little flack for maybe not having the, the best characters as far as like getting to be able to attach to them. You really only feel attached to Cobb and in Inception. Mm-hmm. And that I do agree with to an extent, but like those other characters, they serve the story so well. And right. it makes for such a great, you know, like you said, action film and summer blockbuster that's also really deep and yeah i think nolan just nails that every time with every movie he makes and i think it's good to mention too that like he's never made a bad movie right so uh and my number one can you do that christopher nolan we (laughs) dare you we we implore you (laughs) (laughs) my number one is inception i mean no interstellar (laughs) (laughs) oh Two ends. I was like, two ends. <laughs> yeah, my number two and one are Inception. Now, I think That's Interstellar. An inception, right there. I think, I think, like all of his movies, they get better when you rewatch them. But for me, Interstellar is the one that, like, every time I come back to it, I find something new. <laughs> and I think it's full of his best written characters as far as being able to access them emotionally. Like, spoiler alert, but. Everyone knows Spoilers. the scene, Cooper watching back the video messages that span like 30 years and seeing his kids grow up and he's, he was gone for what, 10 minutes? Like, that's insane. That's, and I think that's another thing too. Everyone knows Nolan loves to play with the concept of time in all yeah. of his movies. And I think Interstellar is the one that really pulls on your heart the most and using mm-hmm. that concept of time. And I think that's so creative. And that's why yeah. I think also when I go back and watch it, it's that's why I think I go back. I go back to see 
you know, that heartbreak. Is that, uh-huh. That's a depressing thing to say. Yeah. But we also go back. We also go back for the excellent Hans Zimmer score. I was gonna say it's also my favorite Hans Zimmer score, and um, I remember an interview that Nolan and Zimmer did about how they came up with the score for that movie and just the unconventional lengths that they went to 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 create that score are so interesting, mm-hmm. and it made for something that's really like you've never heard it before. Yeah, for um, sure. Another thing yeah. about Interstellar too is that the science, even though it's not there yet, they did it as accurately as possible yeah. based off of what we know. They literally had like physicists and a- like astronomers on the crew to do Kip all Thorne the science consulted on the script, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nolan's gonna get some scientists. That's that's one thing about Nolan. <laughs> if he's going into this, he's gonna make it like as as weird as it might be like on screen and to figure out he's gonna make it as accurate as possible um which is something i appreciate yeah and i also i really appreciate that like space movies tend to feel kind of cold and i think at least they feel sort of inaccessible as far as the characters going up to space like can we really relate to them but i relate so much to cooper and again and hathaway um plays a great role too and like it's just nice to to have that and i think that's why it, it it's one that i want to come back to so much yeah yeah uh scott mance described interstellar when he was doing his writing video as the the most emotional of uh of nolan's films and i, I would definitely agree with that um and you know it doesn't have that like you were saying with um with Inception, as far as the the cast and the characters and, and something Nolan gets flack for, like not being able to connect, um, I think that that's something that uh, Tenet has uh, some of too, where, you know, the, these characters are here for specific purposes. And even when we're like getting into people's psyches and, and dealing with things like that, we're not connecting on a level that, that some other movies might allow us to do. Um which I just think is part of his style. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's the way he writes characters, which I think is fine. But um, Interstellar is, is a movie that I think doesn't have that problem as much because of the emotion, because it's, it just feels kind of personal and, yeah. and really real. So that, that's a very interesting list. I'm excited to like get into like talking about these. Um, yours was def- definitely hot take. The yeah, Dark Knight Rises right. being the, the one ambassador of uh of the that trilogy, trilogy. Yeah. but i think that you know I, I think that when you ask like everyday people like dark knight and dark knight rises are going to be the movies from chris nolan and, and inception as well but not on the level of dark knight and dark knight rises where they're just like i've loved that movie like so many people love love dark knight rises um, I think people forget like how huge it was when it came out. It yeah. was massive. People were going to see it like 13 times in theaters, like just going back because it was such a fun blockbuster movie. And, and Tom Hardy's so fun in that movie. Um, there are certain things that like I personally would change about it. Like I think that what we got from Tom Hardy is great, but I didn't love the choice of Bane as the villain in that movie. Um, just because I like, I love what Chris Nolan did with that universe, um, making it so grounded and real. And I feel like he kind of like forced himself to jump through hoops to make Bane that type of character, 
where I think he could have gone with somebody like Riddler or Black Mask or something and sort of had them fit into that universe more. But, you know, it was worth it for what he did because Tom Hardy is so good in that movie. And it's certainly a different version of Bane than we've ever seen before. But it's one that, you know, really, really acts in that story as he, as Chris Nolan intended him to. Um, and Marion Cotillard in there uh, as Talia. So good. Such a good performance. That's one I think people forget about because like, it's Christian Bale and, and Tom Hardy in that movie, but and and Hathaway is Catwoman. So Marianne Cotillard is there and she gives a great performance as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you were hitting on as far as like having to stick that landing after what happened with Heath is is such an inenviable position. Like, because you know, people say like, oh, Heath would have been in there as the the judge character that that Scarecrow ultimately was in the one scene, but you know, the way I see it, and, you know, I've, I've said this before, is I think if Heath didn't pass, then we would still, maybe Chris Nolan wouldn't be making them, but I don't think Warner Brothers would have allowed that universe to end. Like, I think that Heath Ledger is so, um, you know, transcendent as the Joker that I think they would have just like kept going in that universe and kind of built everything around there just to keep Heath. Like that's how good I feel that performance is. So, you know, I don't know if going into that before Heath was gone, um, that was necessarily the movie that Warner brothers would have made Chris Nolan would have wanted Chris Nolan to make. Um, so to have to kind of change gears and figure out how to, to end that, um, which again is like conjecture on my part, but just saying for the record that that's just how I view it. So to have to kind of like put a tidy bow on everything um, and have the ending that it does, I think is, is kind of a testament to, to Nolan and what he can do. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up Gianni because it really is a slept on movie just in general. Like, cause I mean, it followed up the dark Knight, which is right. widely considered one of the greatest movies of all time, let alone yeah, superhero period. movies. But something I'd like to talk about, too, because I don't even think we've said it yet, is how much I love Batman Begins. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, every single one of his movies is good. We've said that. Right. But, like, all of the villains in these in this Dark Knight trilogy are just so compelling, such great performances. Yeah. Scarecrow, it's one of my favorite versions of Scarecrow ever. Killian Murphy, man. Uh, he's amazing. I love him. But I think it's just, like, that movie slept on too because it it's like oh that was a pretty good movie and then dark knight comes out and you're like i ah, forget about that one like, right no, yeah. don't forget about it it's also really good yeah you you bring up a good point there because that, that's what i think happens like that's that's part of the reason i was saying like when you ask people and they're they bring up the dark knight and the dark knight rises i think that batman begins kind of gets forgotten a little bit because it's it's the the starter film and it's I would say it's a bit slower than the other movies um, because Chris is trying to establish like what he wants out of this universe. Um, but when you go back and watch it, like you're saying, it's so good. Like Killian Murphy is, is fantastic. I, I love the story about how um, Killian Murphy actually auditioned for, for Batman. Um, and Chris Nolan was like, yeah, we're going to go in a different direction, but uh, I got to have you, man. <laughs> I got to have you. <laughs> and then, and then got him in for the scarecrow role because he's fantastic. Like you were saying, like that, that version of crane and scarecrow is so is terrifying. 
Like, I think that's one thing about the the villains in the series is they're like, because Nolan has created this really grounded, realistic universe. And, you know, you can debate like, oh, well, what is that hat? What is that? you know, done to influence other superhero movies. Now we have things that are gritty for like no reason and people just want to make them gritty and realistic. But it's not Christopher Nolan's fault that he did a great job at it. Um, And so so part of that is creating realistic villains that could do this kind of thing in, in real life. And thinking about that is, is just horrifying. Thinking about Scarecrow's plot in in Batman Begins or what we see the Joker do in Dark Knight or I mean the first time we see Bane he's hijacking a plane like yeah <laughs> that's a great scene that goes back to what Gianni was saying about the action set pieces like yeah. that's that's the opener for Bane like hijacking a plane which is crazy um so yeah really realistic grounded villains and and yeah I think people people forget about uh how good Killian is as a scarecrow in that movie and he's uh, he pops up in all three Batman yeah, I would have loved to see him as Batman. Like I know he was so good as Scarecrow. Yeah, but like that would have been so cool. He yeah, was Nolan who was talking about Killian Murphy and how he tends to have him without glasses in a lot of his movies because he's so fascinated by his eyes. Yeah, he's got <laughs> the piercing <laughs> eyes. Yeah, one of my yeah. favorite quotes. <laughs> so funny. I mean, look at his eyes. Is he wrong? Yeah. No. I, he. That's why he kept bringing him back. He's like, all right, we, we have this opening scene in the dark nights. It's in a parking garage. It could be anybody, but we're going to make it Scarecrow <laughs> because <laughs> we, we want you back there. We want people to see the eyes. <laughs> But yeah, no, Nolan, man, and and Gianni, I'm so glad you you brought up Inception too as your number two, and and went a little bit deeper into it, um, you know, because you, and you brought up with the cast, like, it's tough to pick a, a best cast in a Nolan movie because yeah. there are so he many always good gets, ones. He always gets so many good people. Right. Although, you know what I would say, like, I feel like we're not talking about it enough because we want to avoid spoilers because it is mm-hmm. so fresh. I think my favorite Nolan cast is in Tenet currently. I was I was like, just gonna say that. Yeah, they're so yeah. good. They they work so well together. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too because like Nolan, um, as we see with a lot of like big auteur directors, uh, will pull people that he really likes and like keep coming back to him, but keep coming back to them. Like Tom Hardy's a Nolan favorite. He's in Inception, and and Joseph Gordon Levitt is in inception and rises you know so he, he finds these these actors that he likes and uh comes back to them but with tenet it was kind of uh you know a, a fresh group it yeah. wasn't really the the nolan favorites um michael kane pops up and you know he's great he's michael kane. <laughs> uh, michael kane plays the michael kaneiest character <laughs> <laughs> to intend it but i mean john david washington man like we're it's a matter of time before he's a superstar um yeah. uh, i think i said that in my review and i said it when i tweeted about tenet but he he's just phenomenal man like he's so good um and, and uh, him him and robert pattinson's like relationship yeah where they play off each other i don't know if there's a better duo in a in a nolan movie in my opinion at it, least yeah they're they work so well insane. together yeah and it's you know usually usually with um with Nolan I guess I don't know if I want to say usually we see it a lot with Nolan protagonists where like um the character closest to them is kind of like 
they're not the the buddy duo right right like with with inception when we have Cobb, like everybody on his team is kind of like distrustful of him because of what he's been through and so it's kind of like a strained relationship strained working relationship and uh you know we I see mean, batman's got every single mental issue and right we see doesn't we trust bruce, anyone except his butler right we see yeah. bruce like really push people away and even even his butler even alfred we see him push him away from time to time and that's a batman hallmark but still you know we we have that and uh certainly happens in memento as well where there's this this distrust going on but tenet we we really get i don't even want to call it like buddy cop but but that energy and they they play john david washington and robert pattinson play off each other so so well i mean they they are so good together uh and christopher nolan and and some of these quotes uh about tenet as he's been getting interviewed is talking about how talented robert is and you know man i mean i I don't it's hard to pick a favorite performance in in tenet but i I might be partial to, to robert pattinson as neil like I, I think it's so good, and again, don't want to take anything away from John David Washington or Elizabeth yeah. Debicki or Kenneth Branagh, you know, because I think they're all great too. But Robert Pattinson just stays putting out my. It's it's gonna be tough because he was my favorite performance of 2019 in The Lighthouse, <laughs> and who knows how many more movies are actually gonna come out in 2020. So he might be my favorite performance in 2020, and then are we gonna get the Batman in 2021? And Robert Pattinson is gonna have a three peat for the me. Three peat. Stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. Robert Pattinson is Michael Jordan confirmed. <laughs> right, but he you know, yeah, great. While great we're stuff. on it, I mean, I I, I don't want to get away from it because Tenet is just such a fascinating movie, and I think the mm-hmm. reason it probably hasn't made my top three, top five list even mm-hmm. yet is because I've only seen it once. Right. And second, because I think this is something you find with a lot of Nolan movies, save for the Dark Knight trilogy, it's that his characters are really tough to access because mm-hmm. he doesn't give you a lot as far as story goes. Mm-hmm. He kind of right. like feeds it to you as the movie goes. And everyone's right. fine with that. We're all happy to have that. Yeah. But I feel like with Tenet especially, there's so much that we don't know. Yeah. And then, and then once it clicks, like it really clicks. Right. And what I mean by that is emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about Robert Pattinson's performance. And I would say without getting into spoilers, it's like it's Pattinson and DeBicki that really have to bring the emotional core to the movie. And then, of course, you have John David Washington, who I feel like it's not until a certain point that things click for him and they click for us. <laughs> and, and then yeah. Yeah. tears come. So it's like, well, exactly, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think when he realizes what's going on and like, undo a, a Nolan, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when John David Washington realizes what's happening in the movie is like when we do and when Nolan wants us to. Yeah. Which is just so well done. Like, yeah. Because I mean, it's, like some people who like are more casual movie fans which is absolutely fine they don't like stuff like this where it takes a lot to understand it and you have to Mm -hmm. really dig deep but like the way that he's able to basically just piece this puzzle together for us at the pace he wants and it's not a movie you can just figure out and just be like oh i know what's gonna happen i know how this works no we figure it out when the protagonist figures it out and Mm -hmm the way it builds to that and then from that point on it's just like you're pressing on the gas as hard as you can driving forward like don't stop like just the plot is flying at you and it's so it's just so well done yeah i think you guys are so so spot on there as far as 
um, especially what Gianni was saying about the the emotion and and when it clicks. And again, like you know, hard to talk about without spoilers. Um, and I know it's we're in a, we're in a difficult place because uh, some movie theaters are open. I don't know if every state's movie theaters are open, so you might not even be somewhere you can see it, or you might be. Uh, kind of nervous about going back to the movies. I know we only went which to the movies. Which is completely okay. Exactly. Yeah. We only went to the movies because we genuinely like looked at the guidelines, evaluated the area we were in, and uh, kind of felt like we could safely proceed. Um, we into masked there. up. So if you can't, if you can't do that, like there's, there's no movie good enough to, to risk your health to see. Um, and I'm sure that, that people would even, even after we did that and kind of evaluated for ourselves, would criticize us for you know going out to a movie theater personally i, I couldn't help myself <laughs> so <laughs> once it was open and and like i said about evaluating your area like knowing that there probably weren't going to be a ton of people at my movie theater um was ultimately what what made me feel the best because it's difficult to um enforce restrictions uh especially for staff that you know are when a difficult customer comes in are going to be kind of at the mercy of that customer yeah. um but you know, if you if you can see it, go see it. Like it's yeah. it's really really good. Tenant, and uh, go see it multiple times if you can, yeah. because that's like Johnny was saying about only seeing it once and feeling like that. That's why it hasn't hit the the breakthrough yet on your list potentially. And when you reevaluate it, like maybe it would. Because when I saw Tenant, I could not stop thinking about it. The reason I've seen it multiple times already is because. I would just be sitting there thinking about it and then just impulsively go back to the movie theater. Like showtime is in 10 minutes and I'm just booking it, <laughs> driving safe, but like booking it to get to the theater because I wanted to watch it again. You know, so, one more thing I'll say, and I think it might be a good place to, to kind of wrap up too, mm-hmm. is um, this is a cop out because I did say that my favorite Hans Zimmer score is in Interstellar. And I don't know if you guys agree, but I think the best Nolan movie score is in Tenet right now. It's so good. And not only is it's that a testament. It's to pick, though, because they're all so good. That's yeah. the problem. I think, and this is, of course, no, you know, nothing new as far as movies go. But especially with Nolan films, I feel like that emotional impact is informed by how good the score is. Mm-hmm. And you have somebody as talented as Ludwig Göransson in there. Yeah. And like... I feel like I, the the parts of Tenet that hit me emotionally are so much because of the music that follows. Yeah. And it's also, it keeps the momentum going too. I think right. it's his fastest paced movie also. Yeah, I would say so. So Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really stop once you get no. past that opening scene. Like it, there's like a short break and then boom, you're going. You're on yeah. like a monorail train oh flying. Yeah, I would agree with all that. One of the things, um, one of the ways I know that because I love listening to to scores afterwards. And I know Gianni definitely does as well. Like just listening to the music by itself. And one of the ways I know that a score was like really fantastic is when I'm listening to it and like the scene starts playing in my head. Yeah. And I can just like revert back to like watching that moment. Um, You know, it doesn't happen with every score. Like even, even good scores, you'll just be like, Oh, you know, that's good. Kind of blends together a little bit. That is, that is not the case with, with Tenet like it's so so good and uh you know I I said um I was talking to some people about it and I was like I don't know next next Fincher movie as much as he loves Reznor and Ross 
he might be giving Goranson a call with the way the tenant score is. Cause that was one of those things I was thinking of. Like those are some of Reznor and Ross's scores for like the social network and um, gone girl are some of my favorite uh, music work and film. And that was one of the vibes I was kind of getting from, from tenant was like electronic, but not like fully leaning into that. It's just, man, Ludwig Goranson is, is something special. Because I feel like this is really different from his other stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I felt like um, Black Panther and uh, Mandalorian went a little more hand in hand as far as like it felt kind of like trademarky. You know, he's using yeah. like um, wind instruments and stuff like that. Yeah. And you knew the uh, franchise really finding... he was working with really well, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really finding like unique uh, ways to, to make his points musically. Um, and Tenet just, it feels different, but it also feels like it's got a Goranson signature of just yeah. really, really being a great companion piece for the, the movie he's making that music for. So, yeah. So Christopher Nolan, one of the best directors working today. <laughs> he's great. If you haven't seen any of these movies, sorry, we spoiled so much, but also watch <laughs> all of them. Yeah. yeah, I feel yeah. like if you click a top three best Christopher Nolan video, hopefully you've seen at least like the Dark Knight trilogy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got you go. I just saying, try try not to get too specific. But again, like it's it's really hard to discuss what you love about these movies without kind of delving into them a little bit. So yeah. without gigantic spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with that, we don't know when we'll be back, but hopefully very soon and as consistent as we can be during yep. these very confusing and crazy times um stay safe wherever you are whoever you are if you're in school if you're at work uh yeah and then watch movies because they they do yeah. help with all of this and so. if you're and if you're missing us posting remember to check out the twitter and the blog yeah. there'll be yeah. some more stuff on there too yeah all right so we'll see you next time absolutely bye